0: About a decade ago, Jen and Grant took a trip down to Mexico from Vancouver. Some of you might not consider this a trip, considering the fact that they rode their bicycles from Vancouver to Mexico. So they had to haul quite a bit of gear, and something they got really tired of hauling was their garbage. So they got so tired of hauling their garbage and their recycling during their trip. When they got back, they wanted to eliminate waste from their life. So when they got back, they challenged each other with a little competition.
1: One year, we competed with each other to make a fun film so you could produce the least amount of trash.
0: So the film was a success. And what I particularly liked about it was the competition between the couple. So if we look up where the word competition comes from, it derives from the Latin word competere, which translates in English as such. To seek or to strive together. So for one year, that's what Jen and Grant did. They competed with each other to see who could produce the least amount of trash. And their motivation was to raise awareness about waste in our society. And they made a pretty cool documentary following their lives throughout this competition. And they also investigated the issue of waste in our society.
2: We made the movie The Clean Band Project, actually uh, launched it with a tour across Canada by bicycle. So, just to summarize how we did, well, the average person produces about 700 pounds. That's like a grizzly bear's worth of garbage. And in our household, we got it down to about 4 pounds, which is like a chihuahua.
1: A lot of places we visited say that their garbage averages a couple hundred pounds more than this. So, it's like a grizzly bear on top of Leonardo Caprio.
2: We don't say that to say that we're super awesome. We say it because it's possible. I mean, we were amazed
0: ourselves. So, what's in our trash? Today, we're bringing you a story about arguably the most valuable thing in our trash food. You're listening to a neat podcast. I'm Rock Beauvais, an eco advisor with the Northern Environmental Action Team in Northern BC. We are working on behalf of the Peace River Regional District to reduce waste in our communities. Today, we're exploring why a striking percentage of food is going to waste and how that might change. People are starting to become aware and concerned about the issue of food waste. In fact, we'll tell you what the government of Canada is doing regarding food waste. But first, how much food is being wasted?
2: About 40% of all food that is produced ends up in the trash. If you're a numbers person in Canada, that means $31 billion worth of food.
0: So for reference... That would be 2% of Canada's GDP. So why is all this food being wasted? Who's wasting it? I had the opportunity to hear Jen and Grant talk about food waste at a conference in Whitehorse last year. Jen and Grant explored the issue of food waste in their recent documentary, Just Eat It. When I was in university, I knew some people that had gone dumpster diving. And I also read a pretty cool article about this guy who made 250000 a year dumpster diving. So this guy from Austin, Texas would go dumpster diving for things from electronics to bikes, just old models of different things that companies would throw away. And he would sell them on Kijiji and make a killing. So Jen and Grant decided to look in the dumpsters of food retailers.
1: I said, why don't we try and film as much of this food being thrown away and as part of the project to prove that maybe it's still good, it's still edible, we'll eat it the whole time. uh.
0: Building off of the success of their documentary, The Clean Bin Project, the trailer for Just Eat It garnered over 12 million hits on Facebook and was picked up by a major U.S. broadcaster. They wanted to bring awareness to food waste. So, for six months, they lived off of food that was wasted or thrown away.
2: I know what you're thinking. You're thinking dumpsters, right? And that's, that's what I was thinking, too. So, I, you know, I was worried. At this time, I had a day job. I was working for an environmental consultant. You know, I had my like office heels at work. And I did not want my boss seeing me with my legs in the dumpster at lunchtime. <laughs> Um, And there's this real stigma to things that other people have labeled waste, regardless of the quality of it. For some reason, once someone throws it away, you just think that it's useless.
0: It may not surprise some of you that they eat very well off of discarded food. Um,
1: I actually gained 10 pounds.
0: So how did they possibly eat so well off of food that they found in dumpsters?
1: You can just really see the variety of food being thrown away that's actually perfectly fine. Things were having, you know, like coconut waters and and even frozen chicken and cheese and everything. This here is about $13,000 worth of organic chocolate that was thrown away because it didn't have French labeling on it.
2: We uh, need to talk now about who is wasting the food. That's why we were doing the film in the first place. We thought we were going to do this big expose and uh, talk about all the people that are wasting the food and where they are wasting it. So we looked at the entire food system. People come over to our house and they'd be like, we want to talk about why it's being wasted. And people come to our house and they'd say, yeah, we see that this food is being wasted, but it tastes so delicious. These are actual meals that we made. We categorized everything that we brought in. We photographed it, we photographed all our meals. And they'd say, it, sounds, it seems delicious, but what's wrong with it? So there's two major reasons why we found food that was ending up in dumpsters. The number one was I'm not going to say expiration dates. I'm going to say best before dates. I'm going to say date labels because that's what they are. They're just dates that are put on these products. So best before dates are about peak freshness, nothing to do with food safety. How many of you have thrown something out because it's past the date and you're not sure if it's edible? Most of us have, right? Yeah. So I learned so much. Yeah. yeah, there's always a few people that are hold those, and they're like, I never do that. <laughs> um, so what we learned about these dates is that actually, in Canada, if something lasts on the shelf longer than 90 days, like crackers, or cereal, or pretty much anything in the middle of the grocery store, it doesn't even need a date. There's no regulations about it. The manufacturer's putting it on there so that they can rotate their stock better. That's very helpful. Um, but the consumers are mistakenly seeing this date and thinking, oh, I shouldn't eat it after this date.
1: But well, look how confusing these are. Good through. Sell by. Use by. Best before. And what does that mean? Like, it's, it's obvious that there's there's no uniform way of, of communicating you know peak freshness to people. and More importantly like Jen is saying, peak freshness is not safety. That's the most important misconception with date labels.
2: And even with fresher foods, I mean how many people have done this? You're buying milk you're digging at the back so that you can get the newest milk even though you're probably going to drink it within the next you know five to seven days. I mean you don't really need milk in your house for a month. And
1: it's really leading to colossal food waste and this is where things really starting out of control during our project. This is uh, hummus, probably retails at about $4 a pack. Uh, it's but, this is probably about a 15-foot dumpster, completely filled, three and a half weeks left on the best of four days, thrown away. Maybe a misorder, we don't know for sure. Um, but still, all that food could have easily been donated. And it was just really frustrating to find this over and over during our project.
2: Second biggest reason that we found stuff being thrown away. And that was for aesthetic reasons. Uh, This is a farmer in California. This cauliflower that he's holding was too big for market. He did such a good job of growing this cauliflower that now he couldn't possibly sell it. And we saw farmers all over the place showing us stories like this. It's heartbreaking, right? I mean, they put so much fertilizer and water into it, and then they have to leave it in the field.
0: And because of this, a lot of resources, a lot of money is being thrown away. National Geographic recently covered the issue of ugly fruits and vegetables. They found a truckload of bananas in Colombia that were destined to be wasted. Although these bananas were perfectly fine to eat, supermarkets want fruits and vegetables that have specific dimensions so they can have a beautiful display in their store. Consumers are also to blame for this problem because... We don't want any fruits and vegetables with blemishes. So anyways, these bananas in Colombia, they hadn't met the required measurements. So they were a little too long or a little too short, or their curvature wasn't ideal for Western markets. And for that reason, they were going to be wasted. So unfortunately, because of this ridiculous demand for perfect fruits and vegetables... Millions of fruits and vegetables go to waste in this area of Colombia, and this happens all over the world. So this isn't only a financial concern, it's also a moral concern. So even in Canada, a lot of people are going hungry. In fact, when I was at the conference, I learned that over 12% of people living in the Yukon are food insecure. They don't have enough food to eat. So I decided to look into this a little more. I found an alarming report from Statistics Canada from 2012 which reported that over four million people in Canada experienced food insecurity and that over 18,000 families had to reduce the size of their children's meals because they didn't have enough food for them. So a lot of people are taking note of this issue. A sociology professor at the University of Acadia in Halifax looked into the issue of food insecurity in her school and she found that over 38% of students experienced food insecurity in the past year. These findings echo a report posted last year, which found that Nova Scotia had the highest rate of food insecure households in the country, Many people know that food insecurity is an issue for northern communities because of high food prices, but we now know that this is an issue across Canada. How are we going to make Canada a better country if our students are going hungry? So while some students reported that they avoided buying textbooks, sold belongings for cash so they could buy food, looked for events with free food, and even stole food, we send 200,000 tons of food to landfills each year in Canada. So why isn't this food being donated? Is it a liability issue? Can a grocery store be sued after having donated food?
1: No one has ever been sued, and they can't be sued because of legislation. So across Canada, there's a Canadian Food Donation Act, but it does go province to province. Uh, In the Yukon, uh, you have a Good Samaritan Act. So basically, if you donate food that is still good to somebody, they cannot turn around and bite the hand that feeds them. Um, But uh, countless times we've gone gone into grocery stores and they tell us, oh, it's just a liability thing, we can't donate this food. So if anyone ever tells you that, just say bullshit.
0: A CBC Marketplace report found a lot of food waste in Walmart's dumpsters. Walmart told CBC that the problem is that charities don't have the proper refrigeration or trucking. Walmart also said that they donated millions of dollars to fix this issue. So what is the Canadian federal government doing to solve the issue of food waste? In the House of Commons last year, an NDP MP, Ruth Ellen Brasso, proposed a bill to fight food waste. The bill was rejected, as they often are the first time around, but it was a catalyst for some great discussions about the issue of food waste in Canada. So during the exchange when the bill was rejected... The federal liberal government said this is an important issue and that they want to introduce a national food policy tackling food waste but are asking for more research to be done. So the government has already invested 38.5 million to modernize Canada's food security system. They said they will begin extensive public consultations with the food industry and Canadians this year in order to come up with a Canadian food policy worthy of the other name. They also plan on investing $70 million in research in order to invigorate the agricultural sector, develop new and innovative techniques to reduce food losses in the primary production phase, and to analyze and quantify the food lost or wasted. The Liberals mentioned a company that they were supporting that came up with a solution to food waste. So this company from British Columbia has figured out a way to convert food waste from grocery stores into products that farmers can use to feed their animals and to fertilize their crops. Also in British Columbia, in Dawson Creek, where I live and work, in northern British Columbia, There's a partnership being built between local farmers and local food retailers where excess food is to be picked up by local farmers to support local farms by feeding their livestock and reducing waste disposal costs of the businesses. If you'd like more info on this initiative, you can find us on Facebook. You can message us. We are the Northern Environmental Action Team or by email which would be info at neat.ca. It may surprise you that one of Canada's top organics recycling programs is located in a municipality in the territories. In June 2015, the city of Whitehorse passed a bylaw banning organic waste from the landfill. That means all food scraps, compostable paper and packaging, food soil cardboard and wax cardboard need to be recycled if you're a restaurant grocery store, or food distributor. The city of Whitehorse had a pretty good case to create this policy, since their landfill was filling up much quicker than anticipated, and as a result, taxpayers would have to pay more and more money for landfill closure costs as the landfill started reaching its capacity. Additionally, they were able to use this material, which many municipalities waste and turned it into organic compost, which they were able to sell over 500 cubic yards of in a year. What's even more impressive, the compost facility in Whitehorse was the first food waste facility in Canada to receive organic certification. This initiative is helping to protect the environment from contaminated runoff from organic waste, which is known as toxic leachate. It's created economic benefits as well and it has also brought the community together. They've seen some incredible leadership from businesses such as Your Independent Grocer and in Whitehorse.
1: What we found is that we created a culture in the store where we got everyone on board. The thing that's non-saleable, that we wouldn't want to have on our shelves today, um, we donate to the food bank. So we started uh, with dented cans and torn packaging, maybe a label that is not easily read. We don't want that on our shelves. In the past, we probably discounted some of them might even have been trashed today. We donate all of that to the, uh, to the food bank. And then um, more recently, just in the last few months, we started also donating some perishable goods. So we donate meats, bread, uh, or baked goods. What's not salvageable and saleable for us, we today donate uh, first-come, first-served to either chicken farmers or hog farmers that come to us. And the scraps are picked up daily. It seems like there's high demand for that type of product. So very again, very little uh, organic waste.
0: This is pretty awesome, and this business may soon reap some rewards from the government, as you'll soon hear. So how are other countries, like those in Europe, implementing their inventive food waste solutions? Last year, France and Italy introduced policies to ban food waste from supermarkets. Italy wants businesses that sell food to donate anything unsold to charities. Businesses who do this will get garbage collection tax breaks. So the Canadian National Zero Waste Council is a leadership initiative where people from the government, businesses, and NGOs in Canada tackle the issue of waste. And they've actually proposed similar incentives to reduce food waste in Canada. They came out with a national food waste strategy for Canada last year. They suggested that Canada should strive for a 50% reduction in food waste by the year 2030, which would align with the U.S.'s target. So now maybe you're thinking, what would a future with less food waste look like?
2: Okay, so yes, yes, you get it. We have a problem with food waste. We know that everybody is doing it, but what can we do, right? I mean, that's what everybody wants to know. What are the answers? Um, So I don't have all the answers, but we thought we'd do kind of an envisioning exercise. So we're going to go around the world to different stories that we've seen, and we're going to do an envisioning mashup. So we're going to envision... One day in the future, in the the near future, uh, maybe right here in Whitehorse, about what your day could look like if food waste was a little bit different. So you wake up in the morning. It's a Saturday, so you have lots of time. We're going to be talking about going up for all kinds of meals. And you go up for breakfast, and you go to a restaurant, like in in Amsterdam, where they have a very small menu um, based just on the food that they received yesterday. It's all rescued food. Um, each portion is really small and they provide free seconds so if you're still hungry after their small portion you can have more and that way they're really reducing their plate weights.
1: And then behind the restaurant they have a pig that's eating any food scraps that they have left over or food that's not good for consumption and a little herb and veggie garden so they can control their supply for their menu that they, they change every day and then you go
2: And then with their leftovers, so not their food scraps, but their actual edible leftovers, they're using an app like Copia, based out of Berkeley. I could have used any number of apps that are on the market right now as an example, where they post what they have, and some other organization says, yes, we want it. And with this (coughs) particular model, the staff that work for the app actually come, they pick it up, they box it, and they take it to the other location. So they're the actual connection between the two, and it's not just technology, it's actually real people.
1: Then you go home, and you're like, oh, I need to go grocery shopping. I need to pick up a couple of things. But your fridge isn't overstocked with like weird blue things mold- molding in the back. Because you have an Eat Me First bin, which you always go into first. So all the things like half onions and things that you haven't got to yet, you have your Eat Me First bin.
2: And all of the leftovers that are in there are in transparent containers. So you can actually see what's in there. Um, and you're buying in small portions. And the reason that you open your fridge right now is because you're doing a meal plan for the week. So you're looking at what you have. And then you're going to go to the grocery store and buy things that are supplementing that.
1: Then you go to the grocery store, and the grocery store is already on it. They're marketing ugly fruit and veg to you in the store. They're making a bit of profit on it. You're saving a little bit of money on it, and the farmers are happy because their land is is now more efficient.
2: And you personally have trained yourself to shop differently. So instead of rooting through the apples and looking for the best ones, you just pick the first ones that you get because you realize that those already are the best of the best. Now, there's some policy behind the store that you are secure in the knowledge that all of the food that is in that system is going to go to the right place. So maybe there's an organics ban. Um, Also, maybe there is a mandatory food plan. So like in the city of Vancouver, all restaurants, all food organizations are supposed to have a plan for what they're doing with their food waste. It's in the bylaw. I can't say that everybody follows it, um, but the legislation is there to support people. And at the larger level, oh, and then also, if you like this kind of marketing campaign, Metro Vancouver puts it on their website for free for other organizations to use. I just, like, the cost me every do it. <laughs> um, and then there's some larger policy to support it. So, in our dream future, Canada has joined the U.S. and joined the United Nations in setting an actual food waste goal of 50% by 2030.
1: Then, it's time to make lunch. It's a long day. <laughs> and uh, you've got those things you're eating first bin, and you're like, I don't know what to make. So you go onto a website like Love Food Hate Waste, and you just type in the things you have, and it spits out some recipes for you so you can make a nice meal. In
2: fact, you've saved so much in the past year by, uh, by just buying what you need, by eating your leftovers. You've actually saved $700, is what they estimate. Um, so you go to the food bank, and you're going to make a cash donation. Because did you guys know that all of those food rescue organizations, if you donate $1, they actually have about $3 worth of buying power. So it's always better to be donating cash or time if you can, rather than just canned goods.
1: Then, it's over where's my other slide? I'll put it after, right? Yeah. Now it's time for dinner. You're eating a lot today, I know.
2: <laughs> no, well, maybe you went for a walk in the afternoon. I don't okay, know. okay, okay, yeah.
1: And uh, so, you have a bunch of friends over, and you, and you serve family style, so the dishes are on the table, and everyone takes a plate, and they just take what they need. And then, at the end of the meal, it's not embarrassing. Everyone divides up what's left over, and they take it home, because they brought their own containers as well. And it's time for a beer. Now, this beer is made from bread that would have been discarded. And so... It's bakeries always bake way too much at the end of the day. get a tons left over, and this beer actually exists in the UK. It's called Toast, and it's a great way to bring awareness to food waste, gets people discussing it. It's so inspiring, actually. I have a beer coming out very soon, too. I'm working with, partnering with Bridge Brewing in North Vancouver, and uh, I found a, a bakery that's going to supply the bread. We've already had our taste uh, test of the beer, and it's very good. It's, it's uh, an uh, extra special bitter um, does anyone have an idea what I called this beer made from bread waste? <laughs> it's delicious, trust me. very good. Rye Cycle. Uh. <laughs> uh, proceeds from this beer, when it comes out, will be going to Farm to Food Bank in Vancouver, which uh, basically gleans food from farms that no longer want to pick that food and take it directly to the food bank, so good, healthy food.
2: Okay, so that was just a short envisioning exercise. You can see that there's lots of little tweaks. It's not a vastly different future. We weren't going too far into the future. Um, But the exciting thing to me is that all of these things already exist, right? It's It's about scaling up now, and it's about getting together like we are today to talk to each other, to share ideas, to figure out what's gonna work for your local context And it's about talking about the issues so that it's no longer embarrassing to talk about food waste. I'm no longer embarrassed to say that I was dumpster diving. I'm actually proud to say that I'm a food rescuer because I know I'm part of the solution.
0: So thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to stay up to date on the war on food waste, or if you'd like some waste reduction tips... Find us on Facebook. Look for the Northern Environmental Action Team. You can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at NEATFSJ. Or if you want to see any other initiatives from us, check out our website, www.neat.ca. You'll also be able to find all the links to the articles that I used for this podcast. Finally, I'd just like to thank everyone from the Zero Waste in the North conference. Uh, from Whitehorse, who helped make this podcast happen, including Jen and Grant. If you'd like to see their documentary, Just Eat It, you can watch it for free on knowledge.ca. Till next time.